On the 20th of July, 1794, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe heaved himself into the saddle and rode from his house in the centre of Weimar to Jena, where he planned to attend a botanical meeting of the recently founded Natural History Society. It was a hot summer that would soon turn into a glorious autumn. Long sun-baked months during which pears, apples, sweet melons and apricots ripened four weeks early, and the vineyards produced one of the century's greatest vintages. On the 15-mile ride from Weimar to Jena, Goethe passed farmers scything wheat in golden fields and great haystacks awaiting storage as winter fodder in the barns. After a couple of hours of riding through flat farmland, the countryside began to change. Little villages and hamlets snuggled into gentle dips, and then the forest closed in and the fields disappeared. The land became more hilly. Shell-bearing limestone cliffs rose to the left, exposing the geological memory of the region when this part of Germany had been a landlocked sea some 240 million years ago. Just before he reached Jena, Goethe crossed the so-called Snail, the steep hill named after the Serpentine Road that wound up to its top. Then finally he saw Jena beneath him, nestled in a wide valley and held in the elbow of the Zala River, with the jagged outline of the forested mountains behind. These were more hills than mountains, perhaps, but the views were spectacular and the reason why Swiss students in Jena lovingly called the surrounding area Little Switzerland. Goethe was the Zeus of Germany's literary circles. Born in Frankfurt in 1749 to a wealthy family, he had grown up amidst comfort and privilege. His maternal grandfather had been the mayor of Frankfurt, and his paternal grandfather had made his wealth as a merchant and tailor. Goethe's father didn't have to work, and had instead managed his fortunes, collected books and art, and educated his children. Though a lively and bright child, Goethe had not shown any exceptional talents. He loved to draw, was proud of his immaculate handwriting, and enjoyed the theatre. When the French had occupied Frankfurt in 1759 during the Seven Years' War, and their commander had been billeted at the Goethe's house, young Goethe had made the best of it by learning French from the occupying forces. He had studied law in Leipzig and worked as a lawyer, but also began to write. In the mid-1770s, he had been thrust into the public eye with the publication of his novel The Sorrows of Young Werther, the story of a forlorn lover who commits suicide. Goethe's protagonist is irrational, emotional and free. I withdraw into myself and find a world there, Werther declares. The novel captured the sentimentality of the time and became the book of a generation. A huge international bestseller, it was so popular that countless men, including Karl August, the ruler of the small duchy of Saxe Weimar, had dressed like Werther, wearing a yellow waistcoat and breeches, blue tailcoat with brass buttons, brown boots and a round grey felt hat. Chinese manufacturers even produced Werther porcelain for the European market. It was said that Werther had caused a wave of suicides, and 40 years after its publication, the British poet, Lord Byron, joked with Goethe that his protagonist has put more individuals out of this world than Napoleon himself. 
The sorrows of young Werther had been Goethe's most vivid contribution to the so-called Sturm und Drang, the storm and stress movement, which had elevated feelings above the rationalism of the Enlightenment. In this period, which had celebrated emotion in all its extremes, from passionate love to dark melancholy, from suicide longings to frenzied delight, Goethe had become a literary superstar. The 18-year-old Duke Karl August had been so enraptured by the novel that he had invited Goethe to live and work in the duchy in 1775. Goethe was 26 when he moved to Weimar, and he knew how to make an entry, arriving dressed in his Werther uniform. 